yeah, it was painful, emotionally and physically painful. In the end, it poured with rain and they all had to get, half of them had to get airlifted out. A global pandemic strap. And there were millipedes and I'm scared of millipedes. I sat down in the middle of the millipedes crying. Well, some sort of arsehole would have been, I could bring one beer out. Like, what do you think of me, mate? Got back to the car, couldn't feel my fingers, toes, covered in mud, my shoes were completely trashed. And then he jumped straight out in front of me, I just plowed straight into him. Can you do the Do I need to slow down? I don't think I'm Flying, or am I doing really good? Chafing can derail your race, and you know, we've got to take care of the nether regions. The electric fence was the worst. <laughs> I still haven't quite gotten over that. Hi, and welcome to Tales from the Midpack. I'm your host, Rebecca Hunt. I'll be bringing you stories from everyday runners, experts, and some race recaps. Today we are recapping the recent Hubert event up in the Flinders Ranges and we have a runner from each distance. So from the marathon is me, from the 50k is Lisa O'Keefe, who I, is, did I get the surname correct? Yeah. And we've literally only just met today. Uh, from the 100k is Nancy Williams, hello. And from the 100 miler is Jenna Tossa. Hi. Welcome. Um, now 100 miles is a long way and my chat with Kate in the lead up to Hubert was way longer than any podcast I did after deleting some. So this possibly might get split into a two-parter, but we'll, we'll see how we go. Um, before we get into what this year's Hubert was like and do a quick round of get to know you. Uh, so what do we all get up to when we're not running? Oh. What else? Is, is there anything else to life? <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else to life? Uh, I'm studying full time. Uh, working, looking after two primary school age kids. Um, I also do embroidery. I read a lot of books, and yeah, that's probably about oh. it in all my spare time. Now I want to see photos of your embroidery. Uh, I, <laughs> I didn't know that about other you. Story, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, Lisa. I don't think I have free time. My children are three and one, so I sing nursery rhymes, I uh, read storybooks, and I argue with people about nap time when I'm not working full time. Yep. So that's pretty much it. Yeah. Jen, Jen's going, oh my God. <laughs> I do have a little bit of free time because my kids are a little bit older, so that part is nice. It's more yeah. time to get them to talk to me. Uh, so I work, I'm a physio, I work, um, I really like reading, I really love crime, which is sort of a bit weird, and in fact I listen to a lot of crime sort of podcasts when I run, which I've discovered is, is not a great thing to do in the dark, um, but I find them quite enthralling, and uh, yeah, I just, um, that's probably what I do, really. Yeah. Just I think crime novels, maybe it's oh, yeah. uh, running a oh, thing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I used to listen to true crime podcasts uh, until it freaked me out. I know so that we much. like cereal. Cereal's <laughs> oh, yeah. good. Yeah. Thinking, I should probably yeah. not escape. I don't know. I am an English teacher, so literature is my life, and I don't know. I just try and go out and socialise as much as possible. Like this morning's park run, uh, where three of us were were at that this morning, and your partner in crime in this hundred, Nancy was there. So uh, Nancy Beth was there. Yeah, um, <laughs> we get mistaken all the time. Yeah. Apparently, she was telling me last week somebody she was running oh, wow. park run, and somebody <laughs> was going. Nancy, that's right. yep. No, no, no. We're not the same person, you know. Yeah. We're different people. <laughs> yeah, so work, kids, literature, socialising, I think, for me. Um, how long have you been running and what got you into it? Uh, okay, so I think I started running back in 2004. 
three. Um, <coughs> so I was here in Adelaide because I lived in the UK for many, many years. And I was here in Adelaide and somebody said to me, why don't you run the city to Bay? So I assumed it would take me about two hours. And so I arranged for my mum to pick me up at the end. And of course, it only took an hour or something or other. And I had to sit there for an hour. <laughs> And I did my first half marathon when I went back to England, first marathon in 2007. And uh, I started trail running in 2018 and I haven't looked back. Oh, so. yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm trying to think. I, I ran track as a kid and then didn't run for a very, very long time. And my husband took up ultra running before we moved to Australia. So I started park running around then. And yeah. then we moved to Adelaide in 2015. So I started, my first dabble into trail running was the summer series that year. And the plan, that first Hubert 2016, the short distance was meant to be 35. <laughs> so I'd never done trail more than 10, 12K. And I signed up to do the 35. And of course, two or three weeks out, we were told actually the 35 might be closer to 40. So I went from, tw I had five weeks to get myself from 10k <laughs> to 40. For, yeah. um, so Hubert was my first intro to longer distance wow. running. So we've gone every year to Flinders yeah. to do some, to either run or watch it while pregnant. Yeah. So awesome. Um, for me, I, I ran it as a kid as well. I came from a family where everybody ran. And then probably sort of hit my late teens and my 20s and didn't run very much. And then... When I was 38, which is actually 14 years ago, I um, decided that I really wanted to run again and I convinced a couple of friends to come running with me and, um, and they weren't really obliging, they actually both hated it, but <laughs> I convinced them both to do a couple of city debates and we did that with running just kind of 8K twice a week. Um, that's probably the, you know, why they stopped running. Maybe that wasn't quite enough training mm. for it. And then I just got, I'd done city debate as a 13-year-old and then went back and did it a couple of times, hated the crowds. Uh, and then, you know, sort of thought, what's my next thing that I'll, I'll try to do? Did a half marathon, um, joined Adelaide Running Crew, which is where I met Lisa, and then discovered that there were all these people that were kind of normal people, and they were doing things like running marathons. And yes. I thought, you know, there's something that I never thought I could do, never even dreamt of. And then I watched some other people do it, and I thought, oh, maybe, maybe I could do this. Yeah. And so then in, I think, 2015, my first marathon, and, and I think really just discovered that the longer distances suits me, and I think I've, the reason why I've kind of rolled into doing even longer distances, I think, is that I can, I really like talking, so I can talk and run. <laughs> I can like yeah. eating, so I can eat and run. Yeah. And I don't have to run as fast. Yes. yes. So it's Socially acceptable to walk. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow that's evolved into longer distance. Yeah. So have you all done road half marathons and marathons oh, before? Yeah. I've done yeah. one. I've done none. Oh, I've not? never done any, and I've no intention of ever no. doing a road I'm, marathon. I'm There's really nothing no. worried about that. Um, I mean, I've ran London marathon four times, and like you with the crowds, you spend the entire race just hopping around other people's feet. And it's really, I found it was really bad on my knees and my calves mm -hmm. because of the hard surface. And I haven't had knee problems or calf problems once since I started trail running. So mm. you know. it's interesting you say that because I went and did 
oh, when did Adelaide Marathon? I don't know, two or three years ago, and I'd been doing all this trail running, and my feet got so sore because mm. your feet really have to build up to road running. Yeah, hurts. yeah. Mm. And and actually, that's another reason why I gravitated to the trails was I was just getting some recurrent injuries. I had a couple of stress fractures, and I wanted to oh, keep wow. running. And and you know, touch wood. I've actually been really good over the last couple of years with just going mainly trails and not roads. I'm glad to hear that because I sell that to people when I, you should come to trail running because every step is different. It's Mm. less taxing on specific ligaments, etc. So um, mine was just a bit of postnatal depression. I need to go out for morning walks, which became a, a jealousy seeing someone and you get really fit going okay I'm gonna do the couch to 5k it's not a great motivator but then got to 5k and went what's next and I think it just kept, kept snowballing that what's next question uh, we are by a train line so there may be the occasional train going by um, yeah so I and I did I, I someone invited me to a trail run and it was one Barry was organising. So I got to meet Barry and see how nice all the crew was. And I was training for a road half and just went, I really like this. When I finish this half, I'm coming back to this. And then like most of us, like, once you hit trails, you don't look back. And I think the social yeah. aspect, you know, I think yeah. nobody cares yeah. who wins, how no. fast you go, no. how slow you go. No one cares. No, no one ever asks <laughs> your time with no. the trail run. It's, and everybody is just as happy to see the first person come in as they are yep. to see the last. In fact, sometimes you're actually more impressed I think by the last because you know how long they've been out Mm. there whereas I just don't think you get that in road running everybody wants to know your time I do it too you you do one marathon and then you beat yourself up because oh you know god I didn't make another PB and in trail running who cares yeah it's so different like even if you you run the same race two years in a row like depends on was was there water on the course last year and there exactly. wasn't this yeah. year. you know was the signage just good it's like they're, they're yeah not, they're not the same no they're no, not the same no. and that's the beauty of it i think as well is yeah. it's it's always a surprise around yeah. every yeah. corner you know not always good surprises <laughs> yeah. but it's part of the adventure yeah. um so for this event in the lead up i did ask a question which i stole from daniel frugier what does success look like to you and we came up with our c goals which was the bare minimum kind of goal. B goal is, yeah, this would be nice. And then the A goal is like the in my dreams goal. So we're gonna, kind of as we do questions, go around like the little the little fun run distance up to the 100 miler, which was how'd you go with your goals? So for C goals, I just wanted to finish with no injuries because the one time I'd done it before, I rolled an ankle with 10K to go. So tick, I uh, achieved my, my C goal. But um, with 7K to go when we hit the flat, I tripped. And you saw me across the line. It looked so impressive. I was covered in this powdery dirt. And everyone's like, ah. Oh. I'm like, no, no, it's, just, it's nothing. Like, there's only this much blood. Like, it's... It looked like you'd had such an awesome adventure. I know. <laughs> but I literally just tripped on the flat after all the rocky terrain. So that was hilarious. Um, Lisa, not getting injured and not DNFing. How'd that go? <laughs> uh, well, I think I fell in the exact same spot you did oh, actually really? in 2016. Oh, really? So I fell over a tree root somewhere in that 7K. With 7K to go. I was in third place and I knew I was and I really wanted a trophy. They were such awesome trophies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the lady behind me was about 500 metres behind. I cried, I reckon, most oh. of that 7K home because it was meant to be 35K. So I was at 35K when I fell. Yeah. And I still had 7K to go and I had to run. That was the first year. Yeah. So that didn't happen this year. I didn't Yay. fall once. Did Excellent. You get the so that year, yeah, I, I did. I did. <laughs> okay. 
I've actually been very lucky with Hubert. I've run it three times and I've yeah. got three trophies. Oh, but nice. the second year, I was the only female in the marathon. Doesn't matter. <laughs> so all I had to do was finish. But I know how you feel because I saw there was three females who had signed up for the marathon, and I'm like, I want there to be four. So if I get a trophy, at least I beat somebody. Um, so they ended up being six. So well, I beat one of the guys, so that was I, always yeah. my for that yeah. year. I, I didn't come last in the group; yeah. I came second last. <laughs> now, Nancy, you wanted to actually keep that. Your C bare minimum was keep track of my food, mm-hmm. and we'll, I guess we'll discuss food in more detail later. I hope. But yeah. um, how'd you go with that? Right, the nutrition was really good. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah. C goal tick achieved. C goal was definitely uh, C goal. Finish. So I did that. Tick. <laughs> so Jen, you're all good with C goal. For B goal. Now this is an interesting one. I I didn't get my B, but I did get my A, which doesn't make sense. But I wanted to crack six and a half hours um, because that was like the bare minimum I thought I'd have to do to have a chance of getting a trophy, pretty much. Um, And I blew that out by a bit over half an hour. That was due to some heat trouble, which I think everyone ran into because I looked at times of... I knew the times from the 50s and marathons in previous years and everyone was like 30, 40 minutes slower. So I feel okay about that. It was pretty sunny, wasn't oh it? Oh my on god! The same day and yeah. It was, yeah. Oh yeah. I kind of I might mention a bit more later because it got me. Uh, Lisa, eight hours. Now you were very sick, so I. Yeah. So I. Yeah. That was my original um, B yeah. goal. I, I did yeah. modify my B goal because yeah. we had a really crappy lead in. My last three weeks were awful, um, but I did make my B main <laughs> goal. So tick on that one. Tick on oh, that damn. one, Nancy. Um, Get Beth and I across the line. Yeah, oh, that was it. So, <laughs> yes. as anybody who's seen me run, my running buddy Beth, we're like joined at the hips. Yeah. So, and yeah. we do everything together. We have an agreement that, uh, you know, if one of us falls, the other one stays with us. There's no one of us going ahead. Yeah. So, the goal, and this was only her second hundred, and I, she didn't have the greatest experience of her mm. first one. So, in my heart, I wanted her to have a better experience yeah. because <laughs> partly selfish because I want her to run more with me so yeah, I didn't want her then to come out and say oh well that's it I'm never running another one again yes yeah. that would be heartbreaking for me so um so yeah it was just to get us across get the across and we got there there were a few problems it now one of the problems was her toe yeah and she was saying this morning that's actually become a bit of a party trick at work people yeah. are like come on show us your toe <laughs> apparently it's very black it is oh. very black unpleasant we, <laughs> we thought she broke you know and yeah. she's i mean bless her she started to cry uh and i was kind of running ahead of her and i could hear every time she hit it i heard this oh oh and of course my heart's breaking and in my mind i'm thinking how are we going to do this how are we going to get to the end but i'll tell you what she rallied and we got there so did she trip on something or she kicked a root yeah yeah she kicked a root and it wasn't broken no good thank goodness jen was share some kilometers with someone of a similar place not run out of light and not be terrified overnight. Yeah, Your big goals. Yeah. My goals were probably not that lofty, I guess. But um, but I actually, Dave, Marriott and I run a lot together. We actually agreed that we would run the whole thing together. And I was a bit worried because in the lead up, everything had been going really well until about six weeks before Hubert and I developed some pretty nasty ankle pain. And I ended up having an ultrasound, an MRI and 
Um, and then there are a couple of issues. So the, um, the radiologist said, look, there's two issues. One is that you've got a little bit of inflammation of your, your talus, which is one of the bones in the ankle, not the typical one that you would get a stress yep. fracture in. And I didn't think I had a stress fracture because I've had them before. Yep. And I know that they just get worse when you run on it. Whereas this wasn't really getting worse. It was just, um, it made it really hard for me to pull my ankle upwards uh, so that's a trip did, hazard yeah when i did five peaks it just gets more and more swollen so after sort of eight hours of running i pretty much didn't have much movement uh, but he also said you've got some inflammation around your long tendons that go to your toes so one of these could be causing the pain we don't know which and so he actually injected some um, cortisone into my tendons and said look you know if it gets better we know it's the tendons causing the pain if it doesn't get better we know it's the bone two days later so, wow. and I had some local inflammation that just went down. Um, so that was really good because I was actually quite concerned. Um, I thought it was lovely that Dave said he'd stay with me. Yeah. But I didn't want him to if, you know, if I was really struggling and walking. Yeah. So, yeah. yes, I found someone to run with um, who was a sort of a similar pace. Didn't uh, run out of light? I didn't run out of light. I was so <laughs> well prepared with batteries. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, had, I had lights everywhere. If you and listen to Daniel's recap, you hear about his light drama. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> no, I was all over that. I did have a watch issue, totally stuffed up the charging. So after seven hours, my watch was dead. Oh. And so I used Dave's Strava. So that was a bit disappointing because I wasn't going to run all that. Yeah. And I wasn't terrified overnight because we were together. Yeah. It okay. is quite spooky out there. Yeah. I mm. remember when I did the hundred a couple of years now, ago. I'm supposed to ask you about spiders. Oh, spiders. Overnight, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> did that add yeah. to the spookiness? Well, it, 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 it complicates things a little bit. There's a lot of spiders, as it turns out, mm. in the Flinders All Ranges. Webs. Yeah. So big webs, hard to big get around. Big webs. And particularly where we ran up to Aruna Ruins. And that's the turnaround point for the 100k. The milers then have to run through, oh, I think it's called something like Wild Dog Gully or something, something that sounds really welcoming. And you run, <laughs> you run essentially sort of in and out of a creek bed uh, for, if, I think it's about 20k up, 20k back. So that's, you go to Parachilna, which is yep. the Heisen Trailhead. And at the beginning of that, sort of, you've got a fairly wide trail, but then as you go into the creek beds, it's narrower. And, and the only light is from our headlamps. And on the sides, there were huge webs and these big spiders in them. And, and I just kept thinking, oh, I just don't want to run through one of those. Because it would have been, you know, they're really strong webs and it would have been web all over you and spider. And, and, but anyway, we both just ran in the middle. Yeah. Nobody hit and the hope for the best. And hope for the best. <laughs> and I hope that the people behind me didn't run through the spiders either. Yeah. If you ever look up running through any treed area, they're lined up. You can see them in the daylight even. They're oh, just really? ready all to drop lined up. Yeah, you know, towards the end when you come back in, we call it the grove. I don't know why, but when you come off um, Wilcolo and it gets narrow oh, and this yes. look overhead up there, it's awful. Oh, I'm glad I did Yeah, they're no, everywhere. I'm glad I didn't either. <laughs> And there's definitely more the first, like 2016, the first year, I guess, less people had been out and about in the tracks. They were everywhere, like in and around the campground, <laughs> we were seeing them. Wow. And you see their eyes shine. Yeah. So yeah. They've got that, and you see these little sparkles everywhere. So you get a little notice. Yeah. yeah. And that's in the daylight, so I, I can only imagine no. what they're quite <laughs> <laughs> pretty on the ground, the little tiny spots. Yes. Yeah. You, you know, you no, they're not. Those, but, well, not those ones, but it's the big ones. Yeah. Agos. So, yeah, obviously any time goal blew out because I didn't even make the B goal. But, yeah, I knew that with such a small field, 
it was my only chance to actually get a placing in an event and not an age group placing but an actual placing so now I have a lovely little glass um, second place marathon trophy on my shelf over there so that was very very exciting uh, for me so that, that's what I wanted so I hope that exceeds your time goal I hope yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Because time is like the time goal was based on what would it take to get that. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. <laughs> everyone blew out, even though I blew out my time goal. I think people I got forget that. as well. You need to add forty-five minutes for St Mary's, yeah. and that's the thing when people were talking oh, about no, times. Yeah. I was like, work out your time and then yeah. add forty-five minutes to St Mary's. <laughs> it's yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> um, Lisa, so yeah, I got second place female. So we're, we're not being very mid-packer. Because we're, we're all placed. Uh, so Lisa, your goal was to beat your husband's 2019 time of 7.22. And even with illness, you got 6.58.29. Oh, so awesome. smashed his goal smashed and got second it. female. And we're a very competitive family. Yeah. So beating his time was very, very high on my list. It was yeah. always, you know, from February when I started to work yeah. out my training plan. Because I had a baby the year before, so that was yeah. starting. And I was always thinking... Was I going to be able to get under eight? And if I could get under eight, was there any way I could get as far as Greg's time? And then yeah. I just needed like 10 seconds inside his time. Oh, yeah. That would do me. <laughs> um, so now he wants to go and do it again so that he can try and beat my time. Mm. But I wasn't sure it was achievable, but I'm really, really impressed yeah. with myself. Like That's exciting. This, yeah, I had to, to actually work the last 7K. So and I knew at the time. how our time goals are based on something else. It's not actually the time. <laughs> it's what we get because of getting the time. Yeah. <laughs> But it did mean I had to, I had to work and run the last, seven, probably the last nine k. Yeah. So coming down at St Mary's, I knew that I was under a time pressure to make it. Um, and it's, it's a bit yeah. soul destroying because I'd never yeah. done a fifty before. The furthest I had run was the marathon there, and that was all new running for me, and it was new running that I had to work on. Yeah. But it was um, still enjoyable. That's good. Well, I knew I was going to be Greg. And, and he can't do it again because no, that's it's the not last running again. Yeah, you are the champion. That's it. <laughs> um, Nancy, you seventeen hours would be icing on the cake. I love. I, I haven't written it down, but it was it sixteen hours fifty nine minutes fifty six seconds? Yeah, so that egg by four seconds. Oh that's the best. Yeah. Um, which put you and Beth as equal. Your Tyson time, yeah. you beat. That's three hours faster. Than your previous hundred with, with a seven month gap. Yeah. Wow. And I know um, you're doing some training um, plans with Daniel Faruja, getting some coaching. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 And then he's yeah. got goals for you to oh, go yeah. even faster than that. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's a change from your an eleven twenty five average pace to a ten oh one average pace in yeah. seven months. I know. And we had problems too. Yeah. I mean, by the time we hit Aruna, we were well within our pace goal, and it's only because. You know, Beth had some some stomach issues. We really slowed down. Do you know the, the funny thing was we got to Aruna and the guys up at Aruna Ruins were like, "Oh, you girls, you're in joint second. And of course, we're never in a place. Yeah. So as we were leaving Aruna, we were looking at each other, going, "Why did they say that? You know, all that's doing is just, you know, it's obviously not true. So why would they say something like that?" It just makes us feel really competitive, etc. Because we just assumed there were loads of people in front of us. So when we did finally cross the line, and Ben said, "Oh, we joined third," and we were just like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. But I tell you, that last minute and a half, and I 
lost it. I was almost in tears in those last couple of kilometres. And then suddenly I looked at the clock and I'm not going to swear, although I did yeah. at the time. I just went, you have no idea how close we are to this time. <laughs> and we literally sprinted awesome. that last 250 metres awesome. just to get. Cause and it's a nice sprint through the campground yeah, with a little dirt path. It's We cannot get to this point and not quite make the 17 miles. Oh. So, yeah, so it was, yeah, we did it. Yeah. Done. I've got some. Okay, I should. Pre- I didn't preface beforehand. I usually warn people. I stalk you on Facebook and Strava if I can before this. So I've got some quotes from you, oh. <laughs> uh, Jen. So you, you said to, to us like you wanted to enjoy it ideally between twenty four and twenty six hours, and you got under twenty five hours in second female. So goal, but the enjoy it part. Here are some quotes from you. Uh, more enjoyable than I expected. Uh, I loved this run. The highs definitely outweighed the lows. And honestly, I loved it. Have been waiting a year for this event and it was everything I hoped for and more. So it sounds like your A goal. Yeah. Goals were ticked. Yeah. That totally ticked. Yeah. yeah. I think this, um, I think that's, that even makes me feel a bit teary. That's yeah, so weird. Isn't it? <laughs> oh, um, it's weird because I'd done the, my first 100 was two years ago. And, and I think it's just, uh, you know, the Finders Rangers is so special and it's really hard to put into words. It feels almost a little bit magical up there. It's, it's oh, you know, the, the, the landscape's so beautiful. I think the, you know, the connection with the, the you know, the local Indigenous people is, is really, really clear um, when you're there. And I think Ben Hocking's runs just an awesome, relaxed, event with a really nice atmosphere and so that was so nice to do my first hundred there and then I signed up to do the hundred again the next year because I am a sucker for an early bird discount and then um, and then of course probably about a month beforehand I said I'm going to um, I said to Dave Marriott oh shall we do the mile and he replied straight away yep I've been on to Ben we just pay this much and we're in and because he just sort of says yes to everything and so all of a sudden we were going to do the mile. I wasn't really prepared. And then COVID hit, the event was cancelled. And I think it's just been, it has been a little bit hanging over me for a year because yep. it seemed like a really nice spontaneous sort of thing to do. But when you've got 12 to 14 months to think about it, it actually seems quite daunting. Yep. So I really just wanted to, I wanted to get through it. I wanted to have fun. Um, you know, I don't necessarily imagine that I'll ever do another one but I loved it it was you know that's not really my goal wasn't to do a whole lot of them Mm. it was it was really enjoyable it's nice to have done it in such a special place and with so many other lovely people around yes yeah yeah um, I really did enjoy it there were a few low moments it would be fair to say but uh, but (laughs) definitely there were a lot more high moments awesome that's very cool training for it um just checking how happy we were with our training um, I know I'm not. I didn't do anywhere near enough. I, I, looking at stats, I averaged like 25k a week in a very boom bust week on week off mode. Uh, which, kind of note to self now is I'm actually just going to sit and plan at the beginning of each week when I have the kids. When exactly am I going to fit my runs in this week? I haven't been doing that. So that that's my promise to myself after that. My elevation was awesome though. So. I, Kind of looking at year stats, so over 450Ks, 11,000 metres is decent as a ratio. So elevation's not the problem, it's just literally Ks. So that was my note to self. 
Now, I wasn't able to look up anything for you. It's all right. I reckon mine is the total opposite of yours. Um, I actually contacted a running coach and I was going to get myself a plan, but I did at the end of January and I knew I couldn't, they didn't get back to me in time. So I knew I couldn't delay because I was coming off of running 5k a week. You know, having had a, two, a C-section the yeah, previous year, yeah. I was only building back up to it. So I had to start in February. So I set out, I worked backwards from the first week of May because I assumed it was in the first week of May <laughs> and yeah. worked out what my yeah. long runs would need it. to be. And then I, I did that every week. I sat down and said, well, this Sunday, my long run needs to be 12K. So what else can I do in with the week that will fit around my work schedule, Greg's work schedule and what the kids were doing? And I used that method every yeah. week, the whole way through. I never missed my long run goal, but I didn't get heels in. It's mm. too, it was too hard to run on my own. The heels creep me out. I can't pre-plan to run with someone because if someone's had a crappy night, mm. you know, I'm not, I'm not committing to running at six if the only sleep I get is between four and seven kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. So I, I ran a linear path mostly. That yep. was my training. And um, when I was able to run 12K trails, like this was probably <laughs> seven weeks into my plan before I got to that distance, then I started with the TRSA Tuesday group. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was That's their tail group. runner. <laughs> I was very much group. in the back as a tail group. runner. Yeah. And they didn't mind. They needed a tail runner. And Steve knew that I knew where I was going. So they were happy to... Um, let me do that but they waited for me at the top and I always felt really bad that I was delaying them all they but always wait though it's what they I know doing. yeah, yeah. I had to, I had to just let that go and accept yeah. that nobody minded everybody could run run on if they wanted and it but as a training plan with kids I, I don't think there's any other way I could have done it other than that weekly to and fro with the whole thing and three weeks out when we did so my I did the 26k at the five peaks that was when I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to make my hey. eight hours because, you know, the 26K was comfortable. Then I did the Summit to Sea, which was 33K, mm. and I ran on to make my 35K distance. And I was like, yeah, I think seven, Greg's seven and a half hour mark here is gone, might be doable. And then we got sick. Yeah. Then we had the, the vomiting bug went through our house. So that's, yeah. But my training up to that point was really, really good. Awesome. It built my confidence. Yeah, I think confidence is half the battle. Yeah, a lot of but no hills. Hills would have helped. Yeah, <laughs> Nancy, your prep's been huge. You were averaging seventy six k a week, and you had really decent elevation as well in the lead up. Mm. Well, so, it helps because I live here in Belize, yeah. so I run in the national park all the time. So yeah. I'm always running hills. Um, even like this morning, I just ran around the block and I got four hundred and seventy meters in there. <laughs> I live on a hill. Yeah. So yeah, hills were, and the, the, the nice thing about doing hills is you become, you start to like them, and you know that you can do them. So it's, and although that the advice usually when you're at a race is you walk the hills. You can then pick which ones are the hills that you walk and which ones are the ones that you know you're capable of running. So, um, but yeah, I've also got a juggle as well, and the juggle's obviously becoming harder now. But like both of you, I kind of, at the beginning of the week, I look at what I need to run in the week, and I think, right, when am I going to do this? And I literally plan my week out to fit it in between you know, uni and the kids and work and all of those kind of things. So, and if it means I just have to do circles <laughs> around my own streets, then that's what I do. So, yeah. Yeah. So, 
But I like having a schedule as well. I'm a real planner mm. and I like to like have my plan and go, right, this is what I'm doing this day, this is what I'm doing this day, and then working out how to do that. I like that yeah. almost jigsaw puzzle of trying to fit that in. So. It's probably why I've been so bad because I, I don't like having a running schedule. Oh, There's okay. so much in my life I have to schedule. Mm. Um, just one of my roles at my job is all about that. And so I've been a bit rebellious, but then I've paid for it. So now I have to, yeah. But I've just been a bit, oh, this is what I feel like. Mm. And that's how I've, yeah. I've been running for years. And so that has yeah. to change, it, unfortunately. It really makes a difference <laughs> when you, and I've taken on yeah. a coach now, I've taken Daniel on as a coach. And what I really like about that is I can trust him. I trust that what he's telling me to run will get me to my goal. Mm. Whereas prior to taking him on, I used to use Nick Mutzler's program from mm. his book, and that was fine, but because I didn't have that accountability, it was like, am I training enough? Is this fast enough? Am I doing this enough? Maybe I should do a bit more. Whereas now, because I trust him, it's like he's set me a 45-minute run, that's what I'm going to do, and I know that now. structure thing with kids as well some days you get home from work and you're like nah they're just the last thing I want to do is run but it's in your book and you can't <laughs> run tomorrow because Greg's got to run tomorrow and on yeah. Thursday you've got it so you just it just yeah. makes you yeah. fit it yeah. in yeah and it does help when I had Greg going hang on a second aren't you supposed to be running you've got uh, to fit nice. 6k in out <laughs> that's good that you have to have that support yeah, yeah. Jen, you did some big Ks as well, averaging 82 Ks per week um, for this year. And compared to Nancy, a lot more of yours was on the flat, so good elevation. Okay. But there was a fair bit of flat. And a human's not really a hilly course, no. despite St. Mary's being in it. No, that's right. There's a lot of there's a lot of long, flat, or slightly undulating yeah. in Hubert. I'd like to say it was strategic. It probably wasn't really. It's just, um, uh, and I, I probably should be a little bit more strategic with what I do. But um, I had, I mean, I had my biggest running year by far last year. I ran just over four thousand k in the year, which I've never done before. Um, and I ran six one hundreds. So some were for fun with friends, and others were <laughs> for thing, and others were events. So I felt really good, and I was actually a little bit, um, probably not quite so committed at the start of this year. Summer always gets me a little bit. I find it a bit harder to do the long mm. runs when it's really hot. But yeah. um, but I was, yeah. Other than that ankle issue that I talked about, you know, I went into it feeling really as ready as I as ready as I thought I could be. Awesome. So I was pretty happy with that. And yeah, um, um, I, I run a, I do run. Yeah, my long run on a Sunday is part of a road running group. Yep. So usually I do trails on a Saturday, road running on a Sunday. Um, I do chambers once a week with friends. And then usually I do another couple of runs. So you know, five or six runs a week, yep. depending on what I can do. But I do have a nice network of friends who live close and we run at a similar pace. So it's really yep. nice to be able to just you know, message them. All of us, our kids are a bit older, so we've got that flexibility and it can be like, wants to run tomorrow or who's got time this afternoon yeah. yeah yeah that definitely gets me going awesome i just looked at your elevation on strava it's very very different to mine <laughs> <laughs> like twenty five thousand meters different. <laughs> so we've just had a quick break 
Um, Nancy's had to leave kids' school sport. Um, we've had had a snack already. Uh, we were just talking about getting cold, and that's what my next session was about, was uh, what'd you wear? Um, so for me, I the forecast was a bit warmer than I expected, and then I was like, so do I go the full sh shorts and singlet, which I now in retrospect should have... But I didn't know what to wear because I knew that by the time I finished, it, the temperature would be dropping. And because it's a short event, I had no intention of stopping and changing or putting clothes on or taking them off. Um, so I, I changed my mind about what I was wearing about 10 billion times. Uh, just went shorts and t-shirt in the end. But I, that was fine at the end, but I wish I'd gone singlet. So that's probably about as complicated as my clothes got, but the longer distances start to get more complicated. But. Yeah, I don't think mine was any more complicated, really. I guess the only thing for me was the, the pack. So I had practiced running with the pack, and I knew that it was irritating me on the neck, so I was getting a little mm. bit of chafing around my collarbone, so I had to actually wore one of Greg's T-shirts because it was higher in the neck. So that's what I was going to wear regardless of the T-shirt, <laughs> yeah. because I knew that it would, it would start yeah. me getting chafed. Oh, no, I just wear this that was only was my cool second time stuff, with my new pack, brand new pack. Uh, and I'd done one run in it to find out what the chafe points were, and there were none. Wow. And this is the first time I've ever bought a female-specific pack, and I, that will be the only kind of pack I buy from now on, I think. I can't even explain how comfortable it is. So, well, mine yeah. is a female one. It's the one that I bought for the 2016 marathon. Yeah. I just hadn't run with it in probably two years. So yeah. it's just like getting used to it. And yeah. I'm bigger and smaller, if that makes sense, yep. since I've had my children. So it just doesn't fit the same anymore. Mm. But it's fine. Work out where the chafe points were. Find a solution for that. And <laughs> yes, I'm like <laughs> But for you, Jen, I, I, your sh your shoe choices will be one thing. And I saw you started in a skirt and a t-shirt and you finished in a skirt and long sleeve. I did. But there probably were other things in between. Well, no, but no, no, they oh, wow. And I, um, I overthink clothing around these things because I don't like getting cold, you know, as mm. well as, like I said, I like to talk and I like to eat. I also don't like to get cold. So I actually had been watching the temperatures and Friday night was meant to be 17 overnight in the Flinders Ranges. We were running obviously Saturday night, so I started Saturday morning, so I started at 9am Saturday morning and I didn't really know when I would finish Sunday but I was kind of hoping by lunchtime. As it turned out we finished by just before 10am um, and I knew that it would depend a lot on whether I kept moving and running overnight or whether we were walking, so that was sort of the big unknown. And fortunately we could have drop bags and also fortunately my husband actually um, was so nice and he insisted on kind of driving around to all the checkpoints so he actually had an extra bag and I said can you just bring this to every checkpoint and it did have a pair of shoes in it yeah. and it had um, another layer of clothes in it um, but what I did was I started in a in a t-shirt just a normal kind of you know not merino or anything just a normal t-shirt uh, I find t-shirts are easier with the running vest you don't get chasing around chafing around your arms and I tend to sunburn fairly easily so then I have to worry about my shoulders and so I um, started in that, and then when we got to a checkpoint, and it was, um, I reckon it was about 5, 5.30, and it was just starting to get a little bit dark, and I got my headlamp out, and I wasn't cold, but I thought, now's the time to change my top. So I took off the t-shirt, stuck on my long sleeve merino, and then I knew that in the next, I had another long sleeve merino, and actually a short sleeve merino, yep. waiting for me at Aruna Ruins. And I went through there at about, 
I think I went through there at like 7 p.m., went out to Parachilna and then came back. So then I went through there at about 1 a.m. Yeah. So I thought that maybe 1 a.m. Would, would be when I might be slowing down and might need um, a change of clothes. But I was actually fine. I ended okay. up picking up a beanie and my gloves. So you probably didn't, I'd probably take, I would have taken yeah, those off yeah. by the finish line. And the beanie was great. So the long sleeve merino, my running skirt and the beanie, um, the beanie probably did two things. It kept my head warm and it also made it more comfortable to wear a head torch because you know, they really hurt wearing them yeah. for hours. And, you know, I was potentially going to have have to use a lamp for 13 hours. Yeah. So, you know, half my race. <laughs> it's really uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, really. And so, I mean, the gloves I sort of took on and off. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, sometimes felt like I needed them, sometimes I didn't. So it was actually fine. I think we were lucky. I, I'm not entirely sure what the weather was overnight. I reckon it was probably 13 or 14, mm. which is quite nice yeah. running weather. Yeah. So I think the whole running weather on the Saturday was beautiful. Oh, it was 17 was with yeah. a, a proper cloud cover the whole time. We were really lucky. It was lovely. Yeah. Yeah. So, Sunday morning. Oh, we might just pause for a second because there's a freight train. So, sorry, you were saying? <laughs> so I was saying on Sunday morning, we were talking about clothes, and on Sunday morning I um, came through that last, um, I think it's the outside track aid station, and so you're really close to the campground as well, and there'd been that beautiful fog as I'd run in, so I ran in at, at, at sort of, I guess just as, as daylight started, ran into that aid station. I had a spare top in mm -hmm. my bag, um, and I'd actually listened to your podcast with Kate Siever, and yeah. she'd, I'd written down all these little notes from what she'd <laughs> yeah. said, and she'd actually said she'd changed her sports bra and her top, I thought there's no way I'm gonna be able to get out of a sweaty sports bra <laughs> and do that politely. So I, had, I wasn't gonna do that, but I thought, oh, I'll change my top. But I thought that there was, I thought I was in third, and I thought that there was someone right behind me and this kind of competitive, after not really caring where I came, yeah. this competitive spirit kicked in. I thought, no, I'm going to be really quick through this aid station. Didn't change my top, um, just kind of grabbed some food. And I walked, Dave, who I was running with, spent quite a long time there, but I was having a bit of a low point then. Yeah. So I just needed to walk and eat. And then as we were doing the climb up St. Mary's Peak, so actually Martin, my husband, met us at the bottom and just kind of guided us over the rocks, which was great because it was so, so hard. And it's really hard to find your way it is. over there. It is. like, where know, is the little blue arrow? In the legs. So that, and when you're short, you're just going, oh, I know. Oh, where yeah. are you? It's <laughs> really, really hard. I'm surprised. You know, I think if it was work, you know, your work health and safety people wouldn't let you do it. <laughs> um, but I was so hot going up there and I was mm -hmm. in this long sleeve merino and the sun was on my back and um, but you know that was that so yeah otherwise I, you probably would have seen me finish in another short sleeve top yeah 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 how cold do you think it got like did you notice it or do you think you, you covered it clothes wise enough that you were you never really got cold I didn't get cold at all but it sounds like you no. put I think the long sleeve top on before you got I cold. did, yeah. So I put yeah. the long sleeve top on probably before I thought I needed it but I knew that you know I thought the next station at 7 p.m. when it's well and truly dark I thought that might be too late yeah. so it's it really cold really quickly yeah it's, um, when the sun goes down there it does yeah so I was happy with the whole climbing thing lucky oh. I think we're so the food thing <laughs> food <laughs> we'll get to you last because everyone always wants to know what do people eat in a hundred miler so I'm in a bit of a confused stage of what to eat i used to have like cliff bars and infinite and i want to not have that packaged crap anymore and i think mainly because the second half of 100k i'm finding i can't eat that stuff i think i've told you the story like mm. these really amazing 
even these seed bars, natural seed bars, I was spitting them out. Even though, and I was in pain from hunger and I was still spitting them out. There's something about it, whereas real food seems to be better, but I don't really know what I'm doing. So I'm going to be talking to Joyce uh, next podcast because she's uh, just finished her PhD in nutrition and try and find out more. But I had uh, an avocado and cheese wrap because that went down really well in training. It's so delicious. I had some Vegemite sandwiches that I didn't eat. Um, and then some protein bowl things that were just from the health food section were really tasty. And watermelon. I wasn't doing very well at all by the second uh, aid station. So I had three big pieces of watermelon that I was eating as I walked away. Kind of like That's you, I was like, like, I don't want to hang at this station because no. I feel miserable and I don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> so I kept going. Um, so I, and then at the end, oh my God, salty chips. Oh, Give me those. And I had a, <laughs> meh, I had a big eggnog light in my bag for myself as my oh. little finish line treat. Was I love cold? eggnog. It wasn't like room temperature eggnog. It was room temperature eggnog. Oh, God. It was the best. <laughs> so what I ate sat well, but I, I think I probably didn't have enough calories but because it was only a marathon i got away with it so yeah so i have a wheat intolerance so i never eat anything in an aid station because i never know what does or doesn't have wheat in it which is actually in one way really useful for you know you don't need anything in an aid station for 50k or less you can yeah. manage yourself if i did something longer i reckon i'd probably run into trouble um, but it means I have to be really careful my, like, digestively, I have to get everything 100% or everything can go wrong very, very quickly. So I, the 2019 Hubert, where really I was not, I shouldn't have ran, I was doing it from a mental health perspective, I had four weeks training, <laughs> yeah. um, coming up with an awful year and it was more, like I said, a mental health thing and I, I got introduced to Tailwind there, so I ran that entire marathon on nothing only tailwind with a couple of bites of cliff bar. It's amazing stuff, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And some people are like, you get nothing. I'm like, but I never needed anything. Like I continually suck on tailwind, suck on water, and I just keep myself hydrated and my calorie levels stay up. I, I never feel like I'm running out of anything. So I, I tried the same thing again, but I had, because you're only supposed to have it for six hours, mm. and I knew I wasn't going to take in six hours. Is that right? Tailwind? Apparently, that's what Oh, really? Wait till you hear how many scoops I have. <laughs> well, and maybe it's just the caffeinated one that you should only have. Oh, okay. Hours, and I go for the caffeinated yeah. one. Yeah. Um, so I had, I had, I don't, I don't military system, right? Mm. So I had my, I had a tailwind, I had a water, I had a salmon flask with tailwind powder that I would top up at the first aid station where it was at 19k or 20k. So I got to that aid station, topped up that water, and then I had, you know, top everything else that I had up with water. I always feel like, Nobody ever has enough water, mm. particularly toxic areas. So anytime there's water, I fill everything I have up with water. Mm. And then I have a cliff bag to break little bits off. So when I'm walking, if I feel like I need to chew something, I'll just, and it's not for food, it's just for, you know, my, my, I feel like I should eat. Mm. And then I had a packet of cliff sh uh, shot blocks, which were my plan for St. Mary's down if I needed them. But I found that I actually got a little bit sick of tailwind at once, so I would have half a shot block and put it back in my pocket, which is gross, and then I have the other half. Whatever. Um, and yeah, at the second checkpoint before St. Mary's, swapped out. So I had two flasks with tailwind ready to go, put those in, and then topped up one with water. And that was all I did at either. 
an aid station, yeah. and then I met a guy at the top of halfway up St. Mary's who needed some shot blocks, and I had four left at that point, so I gave him two. Did he get the half one? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I gave him two fresh ones straight out of the packet. Um, so I had the packet of shot blocks minus the two that I gave away, probably a third of a cliff bar, never bites over yeah. the whole thing, and then just the rotation of the, the tailwind and water, and yeah. nothing else. And I finished comfortable like I, I like I said I worked that last mm. second K which is what I could have done with another shot block or something to give me a boost and yeah. um, ran out of water even yeah. though I had kept everything like I always had where I had an opportunity mm. to fill everything up I could have done with more water again finishing yeah but I food wise I was not depleted by any means by the time I came back like I, I had kept my calorie base high enough the whole way through yeah. so I'm a big fan of tailwind wow yeah. <laughs> well, I um, I I guess I worked on the fact that you know for me I try and consume about fifty grams of carbs per hour every hour for the whole race, and that is actually um, you know often I find myself eating in that first hour and no one around me is eating, and I'm sure they think what is going on. But it seems to work for me. Yeah. I don't um, you know I get quite hangry if I'm um, you know yeah. if I'm hungry and I'm tired. And, and a lot of people say you should front load your calories while yeah. your stomach is still yeah. doing what it should. Yeah and so <laughs> so I um, like Lisa I had tailwind, I had um, I had my vest that had one five hundred ml bottle. I actually was going to start with two tailwind and then I realised it actually did, sometimes you just want water and you yeah. get really sick of it. So I think after the first aid station and then for the rest of the race I had one bottle of tailwind, one bottle of water I had two empty bottles in the back that had tailwind power in them, so all I had to do was fill them. And I also had pre-mixed tailwind in, um, like in plastic bottles in each drop bag as yeah. well, just to try and sort of make it quick. Because so you I must have a lot of bottles. It is a lot of bottles we've yeah. been collecting. Yeah. And um, I do find, I mean, they were just disposable ones; they weren't running bottles. Oh. But I do find that if I'm fairly quick through the aid station, it then lets me have a little bit of a walk while I eat. So, and I don't feel guilty about then walking. Whereas if I sit down at an aid station, I get up and I can't move. Yeah. So my goal is to sort of get through fast. So I worked out yes. um, that I, at 50 grams of carbs per hour, I had to had to consume about 1,250 grams of carbs. And I wrote a little, I wrote this afterwards because I thought you might ask. Yeah. And I actually think I consumed about 1,300 grams of carbs. So, so, I did that and I had in my drop bags, I, try, I don't like to rely totally on what's at the aid stations because mm. you just don't know if it's something that you're going to want to eat. Or they've or run out they've of run what out. they said. Yep. Exactly. That's right. And that did happen actually. That was really sad. I'll tell you about that. Okay. Um, but I, um, <laughs> so I, I, I had like a pretty much a banana at each aid station. I had a sandwich in each drop bag. I never eat all the sandwich. Mm. I, I make, when I make them, I usually make one jam and one Vegemite and I cut them into little triangles and then it's like a surprise in the Ziploc bag. So I kind of randomly <laughs> grab them. <laughs> so you bite, it's like, oh, that's sweet, oh, that's salty. Um, and usually I don't eat the crust. And, no, you know, it's I just, too dry. Yeah, and I just find that I just can't chew. I can't eat things like the bars when I run. I'd love mm. to, but I just can't. Uh, I had a couple of small bags of chips, had been a handful of lollies. I only had two caffeine gels in the whole run, and I had one ginger gel. That was those little shop blocks, the ginger ale ones, which are really nice. And a couple of cans of ginger beer. They're my sort of weakness, which I discovered when I did Hubert last time. Yeah. And the guys at Aruna Ruins had ginger beer, and I was like, oh, that's the best. So sometimes now, even on a trail run, if we're doing a long run, we're like hiding in the bushes. <laughs> 
and, uh, and a little cans of ginger beer. And the other thing that I found works for me are dates, um, because they've got about 10 grams of carbs and it's, they're, okay. they're kind of easy to chew. So dried dates. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah. So I had, had a Ziploc bag. So every drop bag had a sandwich. It had a Ziploc bag of dates. It actually had a Ziploc bag of licorice, which probably isn't the best thing when you're going to be running in the bushes. But I really <laughs> like licorice. Yeah. And it's just something nice to have. I only picked up a couple of those bags. I had a lot of food left at the end. And I did work out that I had about 22 scoops of tailwind. So, <laughs> so maybe that exceeds the amount that you're meant to have. Um, I probably didn't consume all of it because there were times when I refilled my bottle and it wasn't totally yeah. empty. Um, but yeah, it was wow. a bit of And I had some hot potatoes, but they weren't all that many. There was a planet over in the ruins. And how does your digestive system go with all that? Yeah, do you know what? Pretty good. I seem to have iron guts and, <laughs> and fine. Yep. Yeah. So, and I, I drank a lot because we were having a lot of kind of bushways on <laughs> in the night, you know, between David yeah, and myself. Yeah. Uh, but at least you know you're hydrated. Yes. So, yeah. so that was fine. You know, I wasn't yeah. hungry or thirsty when I finished, so... Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, apparently, um, I don't know if you know, Dave said Becky gave him the best packet of lollies ever, better than Joel's. Yeah. Do you know what they were? They were, um, Dave's vegan, and they were vegan, um, what's that, the, the lolly company that has the white bags, the... Natural yes. company? Yeah, yeah, so he had those, and she gave me some lolly snakes, and I did have some lolly snakes yeah. around as well. I popped them in each little bag, so that was nice. And a couple of times I had them at aid stations, and I'd stuff them in my vest, yeah. and then you'd discover them hours later. <laughs> it's a bit like your half gel surprise. Often stuck to the sides so, of the uh, So that was nice too, um, a bit of sugar. I just, do I remember seeing a post of someone leaving something by your door? Were you oh, one of those people? I was. Yeah. I had a surprise package left at my door a couple yeah. of days before Hubert, which was so nice. And there was this little note and I had, um, there was a can of uh, Red Bull. And that was like to give me wings to go over St. Mary's Peak. <laughs> I've actually never had Red Bull and I and that's the one thing that I didn't Yeah, I've only have. ever had it as a Jaeger bomb. Um, <laughs> <right. But> uh, <laughs> or maybe I have had it. So it had ginger beer and there were lollies and there were Aww. chips and there were little base chips. So I, I put them in as well. And it was just, you know, it was just the gesture was so lovely. Yeah. And um, I worked out... I think that was going to be one of two people. Mm -hmm. David got a package as well. Yes. So, yep. And it was the lovely um, Becky very much. Oh, it was. Left it. Yeah. So she hasn't actually admitted to it, but she's <laughs> sent a smiley face back when I asked her. Yeah, it was really kind. That's cute. Now, I had a feeling that this would become an ultra podcast, and it certainly did. So I've split it into two episodes. We've just ended on food, finding out that the answer to how much do you eat in a 100 miler is 1,300 grams of carbs. As a point of comparison, I just did a quick Google on how many carbs per day is recommended, which of course had varying results, and the answer was about 285 grams. 
In the next episode, we'll pick straight back up and we'll be talking about hydration. Until then, happy trails.